Yo, what is going on everyone? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, we're going to be going in depth into my week number 14, top 36 wide receiver rankings and tiers for the 2023 fantasy football season. But before we could get into things, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you're doing up enjoying today's video, that you please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. And while you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, that you please make sure to leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. And if you'd like access to my weekly rankings, as well as an answer to any of the questions you guys may have, make sure you guys check out the Patreon. Link in the video video description for $7.50 a month. So without further ado, let's get into my top 36 wide receiver rankings and tiers for week number 14 of the 2023 fantasy football season. We begin with the S tier at the wide receiver position at number one with Tyreek Hill of the Miami Dolphins going up against the Tennessee Titans at home in Miami on Monday Night Football. Tyreek has been a top five wide receiver in three straight weeks, and he's currently the wide receiver one on the season in PPR in a wet dream matchup up against the Tennessee Titans. It should be a shock to absolutely nobody that Tyreek Hill is ranked as my wide receiver number one. At number two, we have C.D. Lamb of the Dallas Cowboys going up against the Philadelphia Eagles at home in Jerry's world. Last time these two teams played was back in week nine in Philly. In that game, C.D. Lamb had 11 receptions on 16 targets for 191 yards as the wide receiver number two. I think he could easily replicate that this week up against the Eagles early on in the season. Things weren't looking the dandiest for C.D. Lamb. He was really on the struggle bus prior to the bye week, but after the bye week, he went straight up gangbusters. Wide receiver one, two, 15, 21, and four over the last Last couple of games after the bye week. So this week up against the Eagles, I expect yet another A1 steak sauce performance out of Lamb. At number three, we have Justin Jefferson of the cold like Minnesota Vikings going up against the Los Vegas Raiders in Viva Las Vegas. Now, Justin Jefferson has not played since week number five. It is the first time in forever that we're going to see Justin Jefferson back out there. Now, I know some people might make an argument for rust. Maybe he won't look fully back. At the end of the day, when push comes to shove, I cannot rank Justin Jefferson lower than an S-tier wide receiver. Right now, Fantasy Pro's expert consensus rankings have him as the wide receiver seven. I boosted him up to the wide receiver three because, again, going up against a shit-tier defense like the Raiders, I get Joshua Dobbs had a disaster class up against the Bears prior to the bye, but Justin Jefferson's just different. This guy could easily be the wide receiver one at the end of the week. At number four, we have Amon Ross St. Brown, the sun god, going up against the Chicago Bears in Chicago. Last game out for Amon Ra up against the Saints was a bit of a disaster for Amon Ra compared to his normal performance. Two receptions on six targets for 49 yards and a touchdown as the wide receiver 27. Now this does mark three out of the last four weeks with him scoring a touchdown up against the Bears defense. I expect him to hop back on the saddle and have a much better game. All of these guys that are ranked inside of the S tier, I don't feel as though I need to give some crazy long explanation as to why you would like them because it's kind of obvious. At number five, we got Keenan Allen of the LA Chargers going up against the Denver Broncos at home in LA. Now, Keenan Allen in week 13 last week up against the Patriots had his worst game since week number seven. He had five receptions on nine targets for 58 yards, no touchdowns in that game. Wide receiver 33. The whole entire LA Chargers offense looked like straight up dog shit, I think, even up against a Broncos defense that has looked a lot better recently. I still do think Keenan Allen should be a lock to be a top 10 receiver. 
At number six, we have A.J. Brown of the Eagles going up against the Dallas Cowboys in Jerry's world. Now, prior to last week up against San Francisco, coming out the bye, A.J. Brown came out a little slow. Little sluggish. Wide receiver 91 and 27, but last week he was the wide receiver 12, 13 targets, 8 receptions, 114 yards. Last time out against Dallas, he had 9 targets, 7 receptions, 66 yards, and a touchdown as a top 10 wide receiver. I think yet again, we see him finish as a top 10 receiver, and I think if Bland is going one-on-one, mano-a-mano against A.J. Brown, he is going to make that guy Look foolish at number seven to close out the S tier. We got Stefan Diggs of the Buffalo Bills going up against the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City. Now, there is a chance that Pacheco misses this game. And I think if Pacheco misses this game, that could be what kind of swings the pendulum towards the Buffalo Bills potentially laying an ass whooping out there. Now, I know, obviously, when they make the playoffs, when the Chiefs are in the playoffs, the Chiefs are a whole different animal, but it feels like they almost just coast in the regular season, and this team is on fraud watch as besides Rashi Rice, Travis Kelsey, and Isaiah Pacheco, they just don't really have a lot of options to throw the ball to. A lot of the times, Mahomes will throw the ball right into a bastard's hands, and he drops the ball. It fucking smacks him in the helmet like Tyreek in the Super Bowl, and it's pretty tough, but here, Stefan Diggs, wide receiver 16 last week, or last game out prior to the bye up against the Eagles, up against the Chiefs. I'm just going to believe that Stephon Diggs could have a huge game. Moving now to the A-tier wide receiver number eight, Michael Pittman Jr. of the Indianapolis Colts going up against the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati. Now, we've been talking about this for a while, so I don't want to sound like I'm beating a dead horse here, but Michael Pittman has legitimately become one of the most safe, one of the most reliable wide receivers in fantasy football ever since Gardner Minshew took over for Anthony Richardson. Top 12 wide receiver in back-to-back weeks, and he's been a top 18 wide receiver dating all the way back to week number six. So for weeks 13 to week six, he has been a top 18 wide receiver. Currently the wide receiver 11 on the season. Again, it really does feel like wrapping a condom over your roster when you play Michael Pittman. So I like him a ton, even in a quote-unquote tougher matchup against the Bengals. Though I will note, this is another one of those games where it might be a little bit rainy. At number 10, we got Jamar Chase, or at number nine, We just skipped Mike Evans. I apologize, Mike Evans. At number nine, we got Mike Evans. Back-to-back Michaels. Jordan, 96-97 here. Mike Evans going up against the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta. Now, we've also talked a lot about safety when it comes to Mike Evans. He has also been incredibly safe this season. Top seven wide receiver in back-to-back weeks. Last week against the Panthers, he absolutely spit-roasted them. Seven receptions on 12 targets for 162 yards and a touchdown. One or more touchdowns in four straight weeks up against the Atlanta Falcons defense that is banged up. I expect yet another very solid performance out of Mike Evans. At number 10, we got Jamar Chase going up against the Indianapolis Colts. Now entering into last week with Jake Browning as the starting quarterback of the Bengals going up against the Jaguars, I was definitely very hesitant because while I told everyone that it would be virtually impossible for me to bench Jamar Chase due to how good Jamar Chase is, due to how skilled he is, what I said was that I can't rank him at the tippy top like I would when Joe Burrow was under center because I don't think Jake Browning is all that great and there's a chance that... Even if Jamar Chase is getting fed, the target accuracy isn't there, and he shits the bed. Now, last week, obviously, he went hog wild against the Jags. 11 receptions, 12 targets, 149 yards, and a touchdown. Now, do I think he puts up 32 fucking fantasy points again? Fuck no, baby. But do I think he could? 
Yes, Jake Browning looked incredible. I do expect a little bit of a step down of his play, which is why I don't have Jamar Chase ranked in the S tier, instead the A tier. But again, being ranked in the A tier is very nice. At number 11, we got Debo Samuel going up against the Seattle Seahawks. Last time these two teams played was just two weeks ago on Thanksgiving. In that game, Debo had 22 fantasy points as the wide receiver nine. Last week, he was the wide receiver two up against the Philadelphia Eagles. I think he rips off yet another top 12 performance here, the Seattle Seahawks defense, I've been saying it for a while, they reek and smell through the screen of being fraudulent. They're not as good as people think they are. A lot of people get down on their knees, give the gawk gawk 9,000 special to the Seahawks defense. I don't think they're all that great, and I think Debo goes off this week. Now, again, this isn't to shit on Ayuk, because I know Ayuk isn't in the same tier as Debo Samuel, but if we're being completely honest, if you look at the games this season Ayuk has been consistent and so has Debo but Debo has been consistently better than Ayuk I know Debo's had some real down games wide receiver 100 wide receiver 124 but those were in games where the 49ers were using Debo as a decoy at number 12 we got wiki wiki DJ Moore going up against the Detroit Lions at home in Chicago ever since Justin Fields took back over DJ Moore's stock has rised at a rapid rate it rose quicker than the fucking game stock stop stock a couple of years ago DJ Moore is in for a huge spot the Detroit Lions defense sucks donkey cock and I think that DJ Moore could easily be maybe even a top five wide receiver in this game. Obviously, the reason why he's not ranked in the S tier should be kind of obvious. Nick, you said obvious twice. It's because I don't trust Justin Fields a crazy amount because I think Justin Fields could just have a disaster class of a game here. But he should be fine. Last time out against Detroit, DJ Moore two weeks ago was the wide receiver six, almost 100 receiving yards, seven receptions and a touchdown. I like him a ton this week. Again, while there is a distinction between the S and the A tier, the S tier, the A tier, these guys are all must-starts in my opinion. At number 13, we got Chris Olave of the Saints going up against the Carolina Panthers. Olave currently listed as questionable as he did not participate in practice on Thursday. The motherfucker was ill, not sick. He's got an illness, but I assume he's going to be good to go on Sunday. I'm not a doctor, so I can't say that with certainty. But I assume he's going to be good to go on Sunday unless he's puking. He had eight targets, five receptions last week for 119 yards. Back-to-back -back weeks with over eight targets and over 110 receiving yards. I would prefer Jameis was under center, but I honestly think Derek Carr might squeech his way into playing. The NFL is a very interesting thing because the way that people talk about injuries is hilarious. Last year, now obviously I'm a Dolphins fan, so this might be a little bit biased, but last year everyone was ragging on the Dolphins. Why are you letting Tua play this, that, and the other thing, right, when he gets two concussions, right? Derek Carr has gotten two concussions in the same fucking 30-day span, right? And he might play on Sunday. That seems a little dangerous. Now, again, I'm not a doctor. I'm as much of a doctor as Johnny Sins. I'm not trying to have some fucking concussion argument in the comment section, but I think it would be kind of asinine for Derek Carr to play on Sunday, but we still don't know as of right now. I think it should be Jameis, but I don't think that's a 100% guarantee. If you guys have enjoyed thus far, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below, as well as hitting that like button. It would help me out a ton. Moving into the B tier again, these are all guys that are still starts in a majority of your teams, but they do feel, it does feel to me at least like a little bit of a step down or more of a step down from, you know, the S to the A tier isn't a crazy step down. The A to the B tier feels like a little bit steeper of a leap here. So 
At number 14, we got Jalen Waddle away, Waddle Waddle, till the very next day, bump, 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 bada bump, going up against the Tennessee Titans. Now, Jalen Waddle has not lived up to my expectations of him this season, mainly because his yards per reception number has dipped compared to last year. He's seeing a similar amount of targets, but he isn't in a same similar amount of a target share in the offense. I know Tyreek's going fucking nuclear. And Jalen Waddle's kind of playing second fiddle. I made the joke on the start sit video, but that was like at the end of a 50 minute long video. So probably not everyone heard that, but it's like uh, Batman and Robin, right? Tyreek's Batman. He gets all the praise. Waddle is Robin. Not a lot of people talk about Robin, but there's always going to be that time where Robin shows up. And I think that could be this week for Jalen Waddle up against a shit tier Titans defense at number 15. We got Brandon Ayuk going up against the Seattle Seahawks. Now it has been a bit of a doozy for Brandon Ayuk as of recently, wide receiver 20, 35, and 22. Ayuk feels like a very safe bet to be a top 24 wide receiver here, but he doesn't feel like a guarantee to be a top 12 wide receiver, which is why he's in the B tier, not the A tier. And again, I do really like this matchup for Ayuk. At number 16, we got Devontae Smith of the Eagles going up against the Cowboys in Dallas. Top 18 wide receiver in five straight weeks now for Devontae Smith, even in that time where A.J. Brown was on the struggle bus in week 11 and week 12, Devontae Smith was still fucking feasting like he was in a Game of Thrones book. Back-to-back weeks with a touchdown for Devontae Smith, eight or more targets in three straight games up against Dallas last time they played. He only had three targets, three receptions, but he did score a touchdown with 51 yards. Again, Devontae Smith is definitely on a lower level compared to A.J. Brown. I think everyone watching football who's watched the Eagles this season will acknowledge that because we know that A.J. Brown sucks in more targets than Violet Meyer sucks Cox on a weekly basis. But at the end of the day, Devontae Smith is still great. Devontae Smith is still amazing, and Devontae Smith could still finish as a top 10 receiver this week. At number 17, we got Nico Cousin. Let's go bowling, Collins. Now, I know this is one of the games where the weather might actually be pretty furious, as they would say, right? This might be one where it's hella wet, very rainy, and the winds might get up to 20 miles an hour. Now, again, I'm not a weatherman. I'm not a weather person, so I'm not going to sit here and pretend to tell you guys exactly the fucking weather on Sunday. We'll see on Sunday. This game starts at one. So we'll talk about it on the live stream prior. I live in New Jersey. I live not the furthest away from MetLife. So kind of what the weather's like outside my fucking windows back there is what it's going to be like on Sunday on the field. What I will tell you is a lot of times people heavily, heavily, heavily worry about the weather and the weather in a majority of situations doesn't mean too much. It says right now, moderate rain, which doesn't really scare me a lot. What matters is the wind. If there's 25 mile an hour wind gusts, then CJ Stroud can't throw the ball worth shit. Plus he's going up against Sauce Gardner. This could be a real tough one for Collins. But without Tank Dell, Nico Collins been a top five wide receiver in back-to-back weeks. Nico Collins was a guy that I was banging the drum aggressively for in the offseason. I was giving him the Gawk Gawk 9000 special and I was very right about him. So shout out to me. Nico Collins feels like a must start this week, but the weather has kind of knocked him down a peg, in my opinion. At number 18, we got Devontae Adams of the Las Vegas Raiders going up against the Minnesota Vikings at home in Viva Las Vegas. Now, I talked about this in the start sit video, but Devontae Adams is a very hard player to sit in fantasy football, and he's a very hard player to rank because we all know deep down that if you're watching football, if you're just 
not looking at the stat sheet. If you're just watching the game, you watch the All-22, Devontae Adams still looks really good, right? It doesn't look like Devontae Adams has fallen off a cliff in terms of his age. It doesn't look like Devontae Adams has shown any sort of fall off. But if you look at the stats, you know, Aiden O'Connell is not very good. And he's definitely more fun to watch than Jimmy Garoppolo. But again, he's not the best. So it does hurt Devontae Adams. And it makes his weekly output fluctuate heavily. There's going to be games against the Vikings. You play the Vikings, say, 10 times, right? For an example. The Vikings defense is pretty good. I would say in half the games, if they play 10 times, Adams would be a top 12 receiver. The other half of the games, Devontae Adams is like the wide receiver 32 to 50. And that's what's very concerning because it has nothing to do with Devontae Adams and everything to do with Aiden O'Connell. So against a tougher Vikings defense, you could argue to put him in the C tier. But again, he's so fucking good that it's hard for me to rank him much lower. Moving now to the C tier, wide receiver 19, DK Metcalf. Going up against the Seahawks. Going up against the Seahawks. Going up against the San Francisco 49ers in San Francisco. Now, DK Metcalf has learned sign language. ASL. And when he scored a touchdown, I'm sure everyone knows this. That's on, like, Twitter or TikTok, Instagram. He hit the standing on business with ASL. Now, again, if you're someone that doesn't... I guess maybe there are people watching that are deaf. Yeah, there might be. So, that might have been disrespectful what I just did with my hands. So, I apologize but yeah, he hit the fucking standing on business. I don't know how to do it. My fiance took sign language class in college. I took Spanish. Yo soy notorious fantasy. That's all I got for you. So DK Metcalf going up against the 49ers. Last time against the 49ers, it's a disaster, right? Terrible. Wide receiver fucking 70. Metcalf pretty hit or miss this season, but the misses haven't been as bad as prior years, right? Normally Metcalf is either going raw dog into the defense in prior seasons, or he's absolutely dick cheese. This year, he's either been going raw dog, or he's like the wide receiver 40, 30, right? Now, last time against the Niners, he was the wide receiver 70. This matchup scares me, but I will note last time up against the 49ers that Geno Smith came into that game banged up. Geno Smith's arm was fucked up, so this time it shouldn't be, right? It clearly looked much better up against Dallas in Jerry's world. So Metcalf sits in a weird range as the wide receiver 19. He's kind of like Devontae Adams, right? Or are you really going to sit DK Metcalf? The answer is, fuck no, baby. But you can't rank him super high because of the fact that the matchup is rock solid. At number 20, we got Puka Nakua of the Rams going up against the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. But before we talk about Puka as well as the other 16 wide receivers, before we get to the wide receiver 36, I would like to give you guys a quick word for our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play NFL Pick'em in the whole entire universe, and today, Underdog Fantasy has a great offer for you guys that I'm going to be talking about in just a couple of seconds, but first, I want to explain to you guys how the Underdog Pick'em game works. So, you're going to have to pick a minimum of two players from at least two different teams. So, we're going to be talking about the Bills at the Chiefs game here. You don't have to pick from the same game. You could do one player from the Chiefs, a player from the Broncos, a player from the Niners, Vikings, right? so on and so forth. So we're just going to be talking about two players here from the Bills-Chiefs game. We are going to first go with Mr. 
Dalton Kincaid higher than 37 and a half receiving yards. I do think even with Dawson Knox potentially back, Dalton Kincaid should still easily go higher than 37 and a half receiving yards. And then we are going to match that with Rashi Rice higher than 53 and a half receiving yards. If both these picks hit, we will receive three times our entry fee. If you do three picks, it's six times, four picks is 10 times and five picks is 20 times your entry fee. Obviously all of the picks have to hit for you to get paid out. If you live in one of the states on your screen right now, now and use promo code notorious if you are new you'll receive a first match deposit bonus of up to hundred dollars so you deposit 100 they give you additional 150 additional 50 the minimum deposit on underdog fantasy is ten dollars if you have a gambling problem make sure you call 1-800-GAMBLER Back on into things here, Puka Nakua versus the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. Now, Puka Nakua last week up against the Browns played amazing. Chef's kiss, Manu Fuik. I did not ha- see that coming one bit up against a stout Browns defense. Four receptions on seven targets for 105 yards and a tug, 34 rushing yards as well as a top 12 receiver. Now, he did fuck up his shoulder a little bit in that game, but he came back into the game, so I don't really think that should be a worry on Sunday. Obviously, maybe his shoulder's a little fucked, right? Like, maybe he's not at 100% health, but it's week 14. No one is at 100% health, right? Unless they they make their fucking season debut in week 14, right? Yeah, my opinion on Pukunakua is that he feels risky because Stafford's been playing hot, 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 but I don't know if Stafford's going to be able to keep that up against the Ravens. And I said the same shit last week against the Browns, and the guy came out there and balled the fuck out. So in terms of ranking Puka and Cooper Cup, it feels so much more comfortable playing Puka. Puka has outscored Cooper Cup, I believe, in the past three games. Like, Cooper Cup has been a fucking disaster ever since... At least like the last five, six weeks. Again, this is just off the top of my head. We'll talk about it more when we actually get to Cooper Cup. But Puka Nakua has been really, really solid. This is another game, though, where weather might play a big factor here. Moderate to heavy rain with thunder and nine mile an hour winds. So, again, something to monitor as we get closer to Sunday. I definitely do prefer Puka much more over Cooper Cup, though. At number 21, can you do something for me? Cortland Sutton of the Denver Broncos going up against the LA Chargers in LA. Two receptions last week up against the Texans, but it's okay because he had 77 yards and a touchdown. This is a guy that has printed touchdowns all season long. He has only had a total of three games this season without a touchdown, and the other nine games, he scored a touchdown. The Chargers defense is softer than baby shit, and I expect the Denver Broncos and Cortland Sutton to be dancing in the end zone. At number 22, we got, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22. Rashi Rice going up against the Buffalo Bills. Now, I've talked about this a bunch, and while Patrick Mahomes is normally a guy that spreads the ball out a ton, right? You get the ball, you get the ball, you all get the ball. Oprah fucking Winfrey. As big as Oprah's bank account, right? But Rashi Rice, over the last two weeks, has been a nine or more target guy. Nine targets last week, ten targets the week prior. And if Patty Mahomes continues to force-feed the ball to Rashi Rice, he no longer becomes one of those guys that's like, oh, he's your wide receiver three or your flex, right? He's that super safe play that's probably never going to stab you in the back, but he's also probably never going to be the reason you win. And he could turn into a guy that, hey, maybe he's a safe low-end wide receiver two every week, right? Maybe he's not just a flex play. Maybe he's more than that, right? 
That's what it's starting to look like. Now, again, I am hesitant due to the history of Patrick Mahomes really divvying the ball out to everyone outside of Travis Kelsey, who he just force feeds the rock to. But if Rashi Rice becomes an eight or more target guy weekly, which has been the case over the last two weeks, then we are going to have to reevaluate how we talk about Rashi Rice and talk about him in a much more positive light. Now, we're always going to talk positively about him because he's been very consistent as a top 30 guy. But... Again, if he gets force-fed the ball more, we're going to have to bump him up into maybe like the, the B-tier range in a lot of weeks instead of the C or the D-tier. Wide receiver 22 feels pretty safe up against the Buffalo Bills, especially if Pacheco doesn't play. I think we're going to see a lot more passing out of Mahomes compared to normal. At number 23, we got Jaden Riley-Reed of the Green Bay Packers going up against the G-Men in MetLife. Now, Jaden Reed is currently questionable. I haven't really been able to read too much about his injury, but I do know that I don't think Christian Watson is going to be back. And that means it is all aboard the Jaden Reed bandwagon up against the Giants. I know Nick Jaden Reed shit the bed last week. Wide receiver 50, dumbass. Well, the prior three weeks, he scored a touchdown in all games, was a top 12 wide receiver in two out of the three games, and was a top 30 wide receiver in the other game. Jaden Reed feels very safe this week. I will argue that he honestly, besides Cortland Sutton and Rashi Rice, I think Jaden Reed is more safe than Metcalf and Puka. The Giants defense sucks, so I think Jaden Reed should be very, very solid this week. Now we enter into a range where we start to fall into the deep end, right? I know we talked about Metcalf, Puka, a lot more risk. Now we're getting into a very risky range here. Wide receiver 24, D-Hop. Now D-Hop might be going mano-a-mano with Mr. Jalen Ramsey, and that's not going to go well for D-Hop. Jalen Ramsey has been locking receivers up and throwing away the key. Jalen Ramsey looks way better than he looked last season in LA. He looks so great in Miami. He's shining like the sun over the 305, baby. Mr. Worldwide. Dale. So DeAndre Hopkins has also been very hit or miss this season due to the quarterback play of Will Levis. Will Levis has made DeAndre Hopkins not necessarily bad because DeAndre Hopkins still looks good, but the target variance is very high. 12, 5, 5, 9, 11, 6 since the bye week. He gets 12 targets against the Dolphins, even against Ramsey or X. I think he has a good opportunity to get 80 yards and maybe a touchdown. But if he gets his five targets, he's going to shit the bed. I haven't ranked three spots lower than ECR. Expert consensus rankings got him as the wide receiver 21. I will tell you that it is very risky to play D-Hop this week. Start him if you want. But obviously, use your discretion. It's very scary. At number 25, we got Garrett Wilson, another guy that kind of started your own discretion. Now, the addition of Zach Wilson back into the offense should help out Garrett Wilson because Tim Boyle, Trevor Simeon suck ass. They're terrible. But again, this is a weather game. I think even if the, the rain's a little heavy, they're going to feed the ball to Garrett Wilson. But again, the more rain, the less confident I get. At number 26, we got Cooper Cup. Now, over the last one, two, three, four, five, six games, he's been the wide receiver 18. 79, 87, 49, 74, 53. Now, when he came back from the injury, he was the wide receiver 12 and 4. And then ever since then, everything went downhill, like Humpty Dumpty falling off the goddamn wall. So, I'm scared of Cooper Cup. I'm even more scared because he's going up against the Baltimore fucking Ravens. Now, if Puka Nakua was out, then it would be like, okay. Now, while everything is telling us that Cooper Cup has been kind of shit this year, we have to move him up the rankings. 
But with Puka seemingly fine, wide receiver 26 might even feel a little high to some of you. At number 27, we got Zay Flowers. Now, Zay Flowers is the quintessential, one of the quintessential boomer bust wide receivers in fantasy football this season. He's either going to be the reason why you lose, or he is going to potentially be the Achilles heel of your fantasy football team. Wide receiver 6, 45, 28, 87, 68 over the last five games. So again, if you are a risky player, you're willing to plunge your nose or plug your nose and take the risk, go ahead. So again, if you take a very balanced approach, a conservative approach to fantasy football, then Zay Flowers should be nowhere near your lineup. But if you need that spark, that extra oomph to your team, you can add Zay Flowers. Moving now to the E tier, wide receivers 28 through 29. Brandon Cooks definitely feels like the safer guy out of this group. Brandon Cooks has been a top 24 receiver in back-to-back -back weeks. But what scares me about Brandon Cooks is that the targets just aren't there. While he scored two, uh, three out of the last four games, he scored a touchdown. Four out of the last six, he scored a touchdown. But the thing is, most games outside of week 10 where he got 10 targets, he's a four to five target guy. And when you're a four to five target guy, if you don't score, you're probably going to end up being really bad for fantasy. So while the matchup is great against Philly, last time he played Philly, he had two targets, one reception, seven yards. So again, while I think everyone's getting all hot and bothered and real excited about playing Brandon Cooks, there are clear downsides that are very evident. At number 29, we got Adam Thielen. Now, despite the fact that Bryce Young looked a lot better last week, despite the fact that the offense looked way better now that Frank Reich has been sent to Azkaban, Adam Thielen was under 10 points. He had just six fantasy points. Like, of the point in the season, weeks two to six, where he was a baller shot caller driving around in the Impala. I know I got the words wrong on that one, but yeah, he's been, he was a top 20 receiver all those games. He was a top five receiver in those games three different times. Three out of five weeks, top five receiver. But ever since then, wide receiver 24, 42, 35, 21, 118, and 51 last week. 118, 318, right? Not great, Jim. Not great at all. So Adam Thielen now sits as the wide receiver 29. Would it shock me if he had a great game this week? No. Would it shock me if he was the wide receiver 179? Also, no. That's just where we're sitting with Thielen. Now we move to wide receivers F tier, 30 through 32. We got Calvin Ridley. Now, Cal Christian. Why do we not know how to speak? Christian Kirk out on the IR, likely donezo for the season, as there's one, two, three, four, five games left. That puts Ridley in the driver's seat, especially if Zay Jones is able to stay healthy. But what I will say, up against the Browns, even without Christian Kirk, and I know, oh my God, the, 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 the head coach of the, the, the Jaguars didn't name a starting quarterback. Maybe touchdown Jesus, Trevor Lawrence plays. There's no way in fuck Trevor Lawrence is suiting up on Sunday and playing, just so you know. That should be obvious. I just want to make that even more clear. There's no way. If he does play, then, Nick, you're an idiot. That'll be fine. You can say that. But I'm, again, I'm not a doctor, but I just see no way that Trevor Lawrence suits up and plays on Sunday. So, wide receiver 30, going up against the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. Shit the bed last week is the wide receiver 45. With CJ Beathard under center, I just don't see it. Now, again, he's going to get a lot of targets. He could get 13 targets in this game, and it wouldn't surprise me. I just don't see him doing too much with it. At number 31, we got, I want a bad bitch. Jordan Addison, right? Of the Minnesota Vikings going up against the Raiders in Viva Las Vegas. Now, Jordan Addison has been a bit stinky as of recently, right? He's really sucked it up. 40, 49, 34, 29, 13 over the last five games. He clearly needs Justin Jefferson back. Justin Jefferson taking up the number one coverage will help out Jordan Addison a ton. 
Joshua Dobbs being an absolute disgrace to the quarterback position in Week 12, the last game against the Bears, also didn't help him. I expect Addison to get back in the good graces of fantasy owners this week. At number 32, we got Tyler Lockett. Lockett's another one of those guys where you basically just play him and you assume that he's going to either get you four points or, or 25, right? You assume he's either going to be able to be the reason why you win or be the reason why your team might lose. So again, the ranking of Lockett at wide receiver 30 or 28 through 34 every single week is just going to continue to be consistent. The matchup here is scary. Play him at your own risk. Again, if you're a more risky player, say, for instance, you're in a matchup where you think you're going to lose, right? You're in a matchup where you played against Hunter Henry and Ezekiel Elliott, right? And your back is against the fucking wall. And you're like, all right, I need a huge game. Then play Lockett. But if you're in a more scenario where, oh, the game's supposed to be close. And maybe I don't need to fucking risk Lockett scoring me three fucking fantasy points. And maybe you should turn the other cheek, as they say, and play someone else. Now to the F tier or the G tier. Wide receivers, 33 to 36. Number 33, we got Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis is another guy just like Lockett. But I feel a little bit more confident in Lockett, so that's why I got him a tier above, where, look, the last four games will tell you the exact story, right? And it's very easy to understand. It's like a children's book. Wide receiver 8, 137, 36, 135. He's not a guy that most weeks gets a lot of targets. Now, he did get 12 targets last time out against the Eagles. Six receptions, 105 yards, and a touchdown. What you're looking for out of Gabe Davis, five receptions. Six, seven targets, 120 yards, and a touchdown. That's what he could deliver. He could also deliver two targets, zero receptions, no fucking fantasy points. Again, play him at risk. If you're willing to take the risk, if you're willing to potentially eat a fucking zero because he gave Davis, then go ahead. If you're trying to be a little bit safer, you should stay away. Number 34 feels a lot safer than Gabe Davis, but I don't think the upside is as much there. Romeo Dobbs, to me, is the third best receiver on the Packers, but without Christian Watson, he is now the second best wide receiver. Going up against a Giants defense, that can be taken from the back. How you like that? With Jordan Love Me, Tender Love Me, Sweet playing so great, I think Romeo Dobbs deserves to be a top 36 receiver. And number 35, we got Josh Downs. Now, Josh Downs continues to get the targets, but he really hasn't done shit recently right what is the nfl is a what have you done for me recently league he hasn't had a solid game since week eight and he hasn't had a great game since week seven artists here 55 44 57 89 over the last four games Bengals defense isn't the best they're not the worst with how much Gardner Minshew has been feeding josh uh, has been feeding Gardner Minshew what the fuck am i saying i'm not editing that out though but um i do edit some things out like when i have to take a sip of my water or when i need to like cough or something if i make a mistake i'm not gonna edit it out i don't think anyone gives a fuck right and again i what i something that i hate in videos i don't know how you guys feel about this but videos where there's like a million jump cuts like hey what's going on my name is notorious and then there's like a fucking cut fantasy and in today's video we're gonna be talking about my week 14 cut wide receiver rankings cut and tears and it's like the jumpy around of that like, reminds me of, like, a Call of Duty commentary from back in, like, 2013, 14. It just bothers me. I just can't watch it. I don't know how you guys feel about that. A lot of fantasy creators do that. I don't. If you look at my videos, if you were to be the editor of the videos, I'm the editor of the videos, you'd see that there are probably, like, four to five cuts made in the video. There's one at the beginning where I do my intro, then it cuts to the regular part of the video. There's the ad part that's a cut. And then there's probably, like, Two, 
where I sneeze or I run out of fucking breath because I'm speaking. I'm going a mile a minute like uh, Eminem, B-Rabbit. I'm going crazy. There's not a lot of cuts in these videos. And again, no one gives a fuck. So I don't know why I'm talking about this, but I'm just being honest with you. That's something that I've noticed as a pet peeve. Like when I'm watching videos and there's a million cuts, I just can't stand it. Like, especially when they're like, they're talking like this. And then the next cut, their face is like slightly like this. And it's like this. And it's like this, right? They're like moving all around. It like just fucks with my eyes. I just can't do it. So again, we don't need this video to be 15 minutes. So Josh Downs hasn't been great recently, but he's going to get the targets. Gardner Minshew has really been feeding Michael Pittman a ton. So it does knock Downs down a peg. And at number 36, we got Jacoby Myers going up against the Minnesota Vikings. Now, Jacoby Myers has another been another one of those guys that just every week is like just a guessing game. Doesn't matter the matchup. Our receiver 14, 42, 67, 17 over the last four weeks. You tell me what you think, right? I guess the Vikings defense that's been rock solid, he could be the wide receiver 10 or the wide receiver 57, and it wouldn't surprise me. So that's where we're sitting on Jacoby Myers. Thank you all. So much for watching. And again, the matchup is why he's ranked a little bit lower because the matchup's tough against the Vikings. Thank you guys all so much for watching. If you didn't enjoy, make sure you guys do hit that subscribe button down below if you're new. Whether you are new to the channel or not, make sure you leave a like on today's video. Hit the very nice I like. And uh, leave a comment down below if you got any questions. I try to answer all the comments. If I don't answer your question, though, the best way to get your question answered is on the Patreon. I check the Patreon every couple of hours, answer the questions on there for $7.50 a month, as well as I update the rankings every single day. Typically, the rankings come out either Wednesday or Thursday, and then there's an update every day, and then all the way up until kickoff on Sunday, I update the rankings. So, love you guys all so much. That's $7.50. Link in the video description. Check out one of the videos on your screen. If you haven't seen them already, again, I love you guys from deep down the bottom of my heart. Thank you guys so much. We're almost at 31,000 subscribers, and I owe it all to you. So, I love you guys. Have a great one. As always, good boy.